Do you ever feel like manifestation is just another thing on your to-do list that you don't have time for? Like your spiritual practice is something that you have to do? Honestly, you're not alone because I felt that way too. Something that's really changed my relationship with manifestation is blending it into my lifestyle so that no matter what I'm doing, I'm also manifesting. I call this manifestation as a lifestyle and it single-handedly made the entire manifestation journey more enjoyable for me and I've seen my desires show up with a lot more ease. Manifesting as a lifestyle has made manifestation go from feeling like a task to something I just naturally do because it's who I am. If you'd like to learn more about this, I've created a step-by-step guide for you. I'll link it in my show notes so you can check it out. You're listening to the Affirmation Addict Podcast with Pyle Corley. This podcast will teach you about the power of affirmations while making manifestation easy and accessible for you in order to enhance your spiritual consciousness. Thank you so much for being here. And now it's time to get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Affirmation Addict Podcast. My name is Pyle, and today we are talking about some manifestation myths. So I have been in this space and working on manifestation and practicing manifestation myself for over half my life now. So I started learning about manifestation when I was just 12 years old. And I'm sure you've heard that story if you've been a podcast listener for a long time. And if you haven't, I recommend going back to some of my very beginning episodes where I talk a lot about my story. I should make a new episode about my story. However, in the meantime, biggest thing you need to know is I've been manifesting since I was 12 years old and I practiced it kind of behind the scenes because back then manifestation was not cool. It was not trendy. It was not mainstream. It was so weird. And I lost friendships over it. I had to break up with boyfriends or felt misunderstood by boyfriends because of it. And there was a lot of my belief system that didn't align or didn't kind of match other people's belief system, which was really hard. And over the years, I think I understand why I was so misunderstood when I first kind of would share to people I kind of trusted about what I'm doing and what my thoughts are or how I reached certain points in my life that they were like, how did you make this happen? And so manifestation for me has been a part of like a way of living for me, part of the way I show up in the world, part of the way I see the world for such a long time at this point that I have noticed repetitive thought patterns and assumptions from myself included, but from people who are either just starting out their journey or people who don't fully understand manifestation that kind of start to seep into us as we're on our journey and when the doubt starts to creep in, these myths really start to play a big role. So I have three myths that I want to kind of bust and talk you through and share with you why I believe them to be false or not entirely true, because hopefully it can make your manifestation journey easier. And even if you have been manifesting for a long time, or you know a lot about manifestation, you might still feel these myths or believe in these myths or wonder if these myths are true, which is totally normal. Um, because that's what you see online. It's what you see in the world and what you see people kind of projecting on. And when you see those projections and you hear those projections, you might think that they are real or you might be like, well, what if I am doing it wrong? And these projections really start to come when we 
are starting our journey and then we just don't see it happening immediately, which we've all been there, I think, where we were so inspired and so excited to get started manifesting and then something just didn't manifest as quickly or ever that we wanted to. And these these butts, these myths, I hope to bust as a kind of relieving of pressure and forcefulness on the manifestation journey, because we kind of forget how much expectation and preconceived notions we take into every single thing we do. And that includes manifestation. So you might on a subconscious level also have these feelings or think these things, and there's nothing wrong with that, but hopefully this can really help you just eradicate that. So the first myth is that you have to be positive all the time. And you might've heard people say this, and maybe you consciously know this, but I want to add a little bit of light to this. Firstly, flat out, you do not have to be positive all the time in order to manifest. And honestly, it is impossible. Polarity in how you feel, polarity in the thoughts that you think is completely natural. And choosing to be positive is a beautiful practice, but it's not going to be your natural instinct all the time. Negative thoughts will always be there. And your definition of negativity could be someone's definition of positive. So we assign so many labels onto a negative thought versus a positive thought or showing up with optimism versus pessimism. And the biggest thing I want to tell you and make sure you kind of realize is it doesn't matter if you are forcing yourself to be positive all the time or if you are actively choosing not to be positive or not to be negative. How the thing that makes the biggest difference is the effort in trying to find a better solution, the effort in trying to be more resourceful and see it in a lighter light while also acknowledging the shadows, acknowledging the negative, working through the negative. Because when we fully ignore the negative thoughts that are coming up or the insecurities or anxieties or fears that might be coming up, that's only going to weigh you down. And the only way kind of to remove quote unquote, those negative thoughts or feelings is to process through them, meaning you have to give some sort of attention to them. Maybe the attention you're giving them is with the intention to kind of release them. However, just completely avoiding or completely just not acknowledging the negatives or the shadows is not going to take you as far as you might think. So being positive all the time is an awesome ideal to reach for if that resonates with you or having a more positive outlook than your current baseline. But don't take it as a necessary kind of thing to do where you completely just pretend like you have no negative feelings, you have no negative thoughts. That's honestly really unreasonable. And that's very human of you to have contradicting and polarizing thoughts. That is a lot of nature. That is a lot of the universe. Polarity must exist. So a way to kind of take off the pressure of having to be positive all the time is to remind yourself that polarity is so normal and honestly welcomed. And my kind of take on it is it's all relative, right? So an example is for me, positive thinking might be seeing, I don't know, someone getting really sick as a positive, but for somebody else, 
someone getting sick might be the worst case scenario and that there's no way that can be positive. And every single person will have a different way of interpreting and looking at it. So your positive thinking does not have to match the people around you's positive thinking. It can only, it can just be an internal game that suffices and that is powerful enough. So relieving the pressure of Everybody around you also has to be positive. I have some very negative people, in my opinion. They're really nice and they mean well and they have such good hearts, but naturally their kind of streams of consciousness tend to be more anxiety-ridden or more fear-based or more worst-case scenario-based. And does that mean I spend no time with them? No, I actually spend a lot of time with them. But what that does mean is as they are kind of expressing their negative or kind of lesser thoughts or more pessimistic thoughts, then I'm sitting there and being like, okay, well, what's a way I can spin this into a positive? Or why is that triggering me? Why is their negative thinking triggering me? What do I have to work on? Because we are so impacted by the people around us. And that has been a huge learning lesson for me this year. And I'll probably record an entirely different episode about this. But the people around you have an impact, but they also have only as much of an impact as you allow it to be. In the moments, like they always say, right, the people you spend the most time with um, really impact who you are. And it's true. I've noticed when I spend a lot of time with these people, I am more anxiety ridden. I do have more negative thoughts. That's not their fault. That is on me to either spend less time with them And if I don't want to spend less time with them, maybe their family or maybe it's my husband, which it's not. He's a very positive person, but you never know. Um, If that's not necessarily an option, an option is in those moments to seek exploration internally, seek curiosity. What's a positive version? I can spin this. Even if they don't agree, they don't have to even hear you. It can just be a mental rehearsal in your mind of this is a positive aspect or this is why I am grateful for this, even though they think it's a negative thing. So it's such a practice of consistently and kind of continuously putting in the effort to create your own version of positive while not being afraid to look at the negative, not being afraid to have a negative thought. Having a negative thought is not going to ruin your manifestation. Having a negative thought is not going to completely eradicate your ability to manifest. But what does kind of shift your vibration and shift your ability to manifest is what you do with those negative thoughts. Do you ignore them and let them kind of create a higher even level of negativity? Do you acknowledge them and work through them? Or do you just not give that much attention to them? The choice is yours. The negative thought will still exist, but how you respond to it and how you act in accordance to that negative thought is actually where the real magic is. And that's only on you, whether that's somebody else's negative thought or your own, you get to have the power and you have the power of choice. And it is a practice. Like all of this is such a practice, but don't be afraid of your negative thoughts. That's one thing I've noticed a lot where people are like, Hey, I have so many negative thoughts. I just can't manifest. And it's like, well, If you have so many negative thoughts, what do you do with them? Do you look at them and say, okay, I see you. What are you trying to tell me? Or do you make an automatic assumption and say, well, I can't manifest now. This sucks. So those are two very different approaches. And you always have the choice at hand, which I think is so powerful. So that's myth number one is that you do not have to be positive all the time. That is a truth, not the myth. The myth is that you have to be positive all the time. The second myth is you have to visualize to manifest. 
I would be lying if I said I did not receive a message on visualization every single day um, for the past five plus years. I think the power of visualization is huge. However, personally speaking, not every single desire, actually very rarely for me, have I visualized in order to manifest. And you might be thinking, wait, what? And I think when we think of visualization, we imagine kind of closing your eyes and running through scenarios in your head and kind of taking yourself through the journey as if something is manifested. And we think of that as visualizing practice, which it can be, and it is a beautiful practice. I personally do love visualizing, but I felt like it was kind of forceful. Like it didn't just excite me. I sometimes do it if I feel called to. Um, But I also think a lot of us find visualizing difficult to do because we actually don't know what we really want. We don't have that clarity. And you know, I've talked about this a ton where having the clarity of what you want and why you want it is so profound. And it doesn't mean you have to know exactly what you want. You could just be saying, I want something different. That is clarity. Wanting something different than what you have is a level of clarity. It doesn't have to be something that you can articulate. It just has to be kind of an inner knowing. So allowing yourself to be clear on what you want, we find it so hard to visualize because we're like, well, I don't know exactly what I want. I don't know what it looks like. We Obviously, because of the nature of the word, we associate visualization with you have to see it, whether it's through your mind's eye, you have to kind of have a vision for it. All of it is very sight dependent. And for some people who aren't really visual, that can be really hard. I personally am a very visual person. I can see something and I can just kind of create an image in my mind really quickly. It's something I've always been able to do and it's just something I've had fun doing. So maybe I don't sit and visualize all the time um, because I don't feel the need to. When I'm saying an affirmation or when I'm writing down an affirmation, I'll get little flashes or I'll try to create little flashes of images of what does that look like for me. I don't always do that, but sometimes you can visualize. So when someone and you hear podcasters or manifestation teachers or spiritual teachers talk about visualizing, maybe reframe your definition of what visualizing is. Maybe visualizing for you isn't seeing it with your eyes closed. Maybe it's having an inner knowing that when you see something on Instagram or on Pinterest, you know with a full body yes, or you know with a full body no that that's not what I like. Like maybe you need kind of inspiration to get that clarity and that's okay. That is not a bad thing. Or some people are very auditory visualizers. Some people hear and they know what it sounds like. And I am not an auditory person, so I can't even describe that. But I know people in my life who are and their kind of sense of sound is so um, just divine that they know like what something feels like and hears. Like they know through their ears almost. And this is kind of going into the clairaudience and clairvoyance and all of the different clairs, which are kind of your spiritual abilities. And they are all amplified sensations of feeling. So it's smell, taste, sight, touch, um, and hearing, and then also feeling like clairsentient. And so I think exploring the different clairs can really help you understand how 
you might uniquely visualize because visualizing kind of limits it all to sight, right? You have to see it. You have to see it in your mind's eye. You have to look, you have to know what it looks like. And that can be really hard for people. And I don't think we're all meant to. I will tell you firsthand, I manifested Tom without doing a single visualization. I manifested my dream job, well, actually my dream business without a single visualization. The one thing I manifested with visualization because I was so clear on what I wanted was my dream job out of college, which I ended up quitting after a year. I'm sure you've heard that story. And so that's probably one of the only visualizations. Um, And then my dream home, I always visualize these arched windows and like a big kind of private backyard. Those were the two things that really came with this house. And so that would probably be the two things I really visualized because it was such an obvious manifestation for me. But some of the more just unknown manifestations, like what is my dream business going to be? Who is my soulmate? Like I didn't visualize for that. I had different techniques where I knew how I wanted to feel with my soulmate. Like I knew I wanted to feel safe. I wanted to feel calm and I want to feel grounded. And that happened. And for example, for my dream business, I wanted to feel free. I wanted to one kind of specific part of the desire that I knew I wanted was I wanted complete autonomy and freedom of my time and what my days looked like. I didn't want to wake up dreading a Monday morning or living for the weekend. I wanted my days to be free and up to me every single day, no matter what I'm doing. And that was one of the biggest manifestations that I received out of this business. And so you don't always have to see it in your mind's eye. You might just know what it feels like. You might be able to taste. Maybe it has to do with food or you can taste kind of like the salt in the air. Like everyone has different senses and sensations that they're really good at. Like I have a really strong sense of smell. Like I can smell things and I can tell you if it's like, I'm really strong sense of smell and taste. Like those are two of my really strong senses, but I do have a strong visual sense because Tom always says I have a photogenic memory, not photogenic. Is it photogenic? Whatever the memory is where like you remember things, maybe it is photogenic memory. I don't remember what it's called, but he always says that because I can like, if I read a book, I can, I remember like what words were on what lines. So that is a form of visual, um, but I don't use that for my manifestations. Like I do have heightened visual senses, but I don't actually use that for my manifestations. Some people are so in tuned with their body that they can feel if something is 1% off. So use that on your manifestation journey. Don't put the pressure that you have to sit and visualize to manifest. If you want to take away one thing that you have to do to manifest, my biggest takeaway is manage your vibration and your vibration is made up of your mental state, your emotional state, your energetic state, your physical state, and your spiritual state. This is what I teach in my step-by-step guide to manifesting as a lifestyle is that all you are trying to do is manage your vibration but how do you actually do that? What does managing your mental state look like? What do you do when you're overthinking or you're overanalyzing? What do you do when you're feeling super heavy emotions? What do you do when you're feeling so kind of disconnected with your physical body? Or how do you navigate kind of the more spiritual concepts of surrender and detachment and letting go and neutrality? Those are all kind of what I walk you through in the guide. And you can do it yourself. There, it's Nothing is like a 
profoundly mind-blowing concept in my opinion. It feels very natural to me. It's just presented in a way that everyone has said is really, really resonant with them because it is such an easy approach to manifestation. Of course, I still always recommend playing with your affirmations, but your affirmations can look like you just thinking a thought while you're brushing your teeth rather than sitting and repeating it in front of the mirror. I always get a ton of questions in my DMs from people asking how I can manifest X. The truth is you can really manifest anything as long as it's for the greatest good. And if you're having trouble manifesting something right now or you feel stuck on your journey, I have a really beautiful resource I've made for you. It's a free quiz. It's called the Manifestation Archetype Quiz. And it's something that I've created so you can find out your manifestation style to give you more clarity on your spiritual journey. After taking the quiz, you're going to receive the best resources for your specific archetype to help you attract your desires based on where you're at and what you want to create. So you can find a link to the quiz in the show notes or just head to my website at www.affirmation-addict.com. So allowing that freedom and flexibility in how you manifest, I think is one of the most empowering things you can do because you're not bound to one method. You're not bound to one spiritual practice. You're not bound to just doing one thing in order to manifest. It can always look different and it looks different for every single person. And for that specific person, it looks different for every single manifestation too, because our beliefs and assumptions and connections with every manifestation is frankly so different. So just a reminder, you do not have to visualize in order to manifest. You don't actually have to do any one specific thing in order to manifest. It's allowed to be flexible and it's meant to be flexible. So I hope that was helpful. And the third myth, which I kind of touched on, is that you need to know exactly what you want in order to manifest it. This is where I think we have kind of taken out of context what clarity looks like. I think we kind of assume clarity means I know exactly what I want. I know what color. I know how it's going to make me feel. I know when I want it to happen. And I think clarity can look like knowing what you don't want. Clarity can look like knowing what it is that you want, but also being open to more. Clarity can look like being open to having no idea and being surprised. Like clarity does not have to be, you know, exactly what you want and you have a picture of it because so much of what you're manifesting has never been manifested before in the exact way it's going to manifest for you. So how can you have a perfect example and a perfect picture of what it is that you're manifesting? Like your desires are so unique to you that no one else has done it in the same way and the same lens and the same aspect that you have. So I think we've misinterpreted what clarity really looks like. Another thing is clarity. We sometimes, when we have that kind of mainstream definition of clarity, where it's like, I want my soulmate to be six foot tall. I want him to be from this country, have a Australian accent and be a professional athlete, right? Like, is that clarity or is that control? That in my mind is a way of us trying to control. I don't think that's what clarity is. And I feel like we use this kind of title of clarity as a disguise for trying to control what we're manifesting, which defeats the entire purpose of manifestation. 
I know that is the most contradictory thing. However, it is so true. And it is why so many of us, and maybe you included, have struggled with manifesting a specific desire because we're not actually trying to manifest it. We're just trying to control what we get because it's what we think we want versus clarity comes from being aware of what makes you feel good rather than what it is that you actually want. Clarity comes from experience. Clarity comes from lived experience. And I got the most clarity in the most depressing stages of my life. I got the most clarity when I was in a relationship where I felt like I was mothering, that I was like, this is not what I want in my marriage. I want to be in partner. I don't want to be a mom. I got the most clarity when I was in my dream job at the time, but was going to sleep crying every night, feeling the most lonely and unfulfilled I've ever felt. I got the most clarity when I was in a home that made me so happy, but I knew something was missing. And I finally got to understand what I really wanted in a home and what meant my dream home, what the definition of my dream home was. I got so much clarity when I wanted to stop my business and I realized what kind of benefits my business offers me and what drawbacks there are and how to work with those drawbacks. So I feel like we look at clarity as I get to be as specific as I want, like a Christmas wish list, which it in a way can be. But then when we get that clarity, we have zero flexibility. And I don't even think most of the time when we have that long wish list of stuff, that is true clarity. I think it's a way of controlling and a way of thinking that because this worked for everybody else, I think it's going to work for me too. My biggest manifestations happened in the most unexpected ways and the ones that I was specific about, it came from within. It was such a innately natural desire for me that made sense to nobody else around me. And that's a really good just gut check. It might not be foolproof. It might not be 100% correct. But if you have a specific manifestation, notice how many people around you or how many people on your social media or how many movies you've seen that manifestation in. And the higher that kind of probability and percentages, the more it might not actually be your true clarity filled desire. It could just be a method to control and help yourself gain a level of perceived happiness or feeling good that you think that manifestation will bring you because you've seen other people get that manifestation. An example, right? I always, one of my manifestations was I wanted to be with an Indian guy. Why? Because everyone around me was with an Indian guy. I thought it was so cute when our families would go to India together and go on trips together and have chai together and talk in Hindi together and my kids could speak Hindi. And every single Indian guy I dated was never a good relationship. Ever, ever, ever. Did I ever feel fulfilled? Did I ever feel like great in it. I always was like, this sucks. Like this is annoying. And then when I started dating Tom, I literally have never felt so at peace, safe, grounded. It's not only because he's not Indian. There's nothing against dating an Indian man. I mean, I, my entire family is Indian men and I love them and I think they're great guys. It was just for me, my specific manifestation was dating or marrying an Indian guy. And that was a means to control what I thought my definition of happiness would be. I thought that would control that my families and his family would get along. However, 
I realized that the marrying an Indian guy wasn't the requirement of the families getting along. What I really was trying to manifest was our families becoming really close together, but that didn't, I was trying to control it by marrying an Indian guy. However, I met Tom, he was not Indian, still decided to marry him. And our families are closer than I've seen any other family in my entire life. And it's my favorite blessing in this whole entire world because I was proven so wrong. Like I got so humbled by the universe and it reminds me every single day that we don't always know what we want. We use that clarity as a disguise for control and we're kind of too unaware of what our actual desire is. So I thought my actual desire was marrying an Indian guy. My true desire was my family and my husband's family being really close, but I used marrying an Indian guy as a means to control all the different expectations and assumptions that come with that. So we sometimes are wrong without even realizing it. Our intentions are so pure that sometimes we're wrong. Another clarity thing, and I know this episode is getting a little long, so a quick clarity thing, right? Like for my home, I was so clear. I wanted arched windows and a huge backyard, but my manifestation when we were manifesting our home last year, I was super set on a location. And I was like, oh, only locations in this area have arched windows and big desert view backyards and mountain view backyards. And I realized I wanted that location for the status that came along with it. And what I actually wanted was just a peaceful, open, spacious, zen home. But I wanted the zip code and the city's status to be paired along with it. And that was such an ego check. Because when we were only looking, and I was specifically the one creating this limitation, we were only looking in that area code. Um, we never found a house that we liked. We, Tom decided to kind of expand the search and he looked a little bit further out. And one of the first days he did that, we found this home, which is every single thing I could have asked for. Of course, I want different things in the home. However, that's natural. And immediately manifesting and getting under contract right away with zero hiccups with this home and it being way under budget for us. All of these different things worked out so beautifully with this home that it showed me that the clarity that I thought I had was I want to live in this area code was a means to control a more ego-driven desire that wasn't a true desire. It wasn't my desire. It was for everybody else. And It's just understanding like there are layers to our desires and some of them come from a place of true desire and some of them come from a place of ego and some of them come from a place of fear or lack and giving yourself the time to experience it while also being able to be honest with yourself. And it's a practice. It's scary. It's uncomfortable um, because we realize like, So much of what we want isn't for us or we're scared of getting the clarity that we don't actually like what we manifest. I manifested my dream job and I hated it, but the clarity I received from it was I do not want to work for anybody else. I want freedom of time. That was the biggest clarity I received, but I had to go through one of the most depressing seasons of my life to get there. So realizing that clarity isn't actually a specific list of desires. It is 
a almost like a journey of understanding yourself more and why you want your desire and what you what aspects of that desire are actually important to you, right? We all say I want to I want financial freedom. But what does that mean for you? Why do you want it? Is there a deeper root desire? We all want a soulmate. Why? What does that look like for you? What are you going to do with your soulmate? And keeping on going on what limitations and expectations you are already placing on your desire and peeling back those layers and letting it be a free-formed entity is one of the most powerful things I've learned personally this year specifically. Um, And I have an episode coming out in a few weeks about 10 manifestation lessons I learned this year. And I'm going to talk about it a little bit more because I got so much clarity in my business and my business did a complete 360 or 180, did a complete 180 um, due to the fact that I got clarity. And so allowing yourself to be vulnerable and be honest with yourself, I think is what actual clarity is, not making a list of what exactly you want. So those are the three myths. So you do not have to be positive all the time. You do not need to visualize to manifest and you don't have to know exactly what you want. I hope this episode kind of was helpful and brought you a little bit of relief on the pressure you might be unintentionally putting on your journey. And I will see you next week. Thanks for being here. Bye. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If this episode resonated with you, it would mean the world to me if you can rate interview the podcast and share it on your social media. So I know to keep creating episodes that are inspiring you to manifest. I'm so genuinely grateful for the time we shared today. And I'd love for you to join the community by following at Affirmation Addict on Instagram. To continue diving into spirituality and manifestation, head over to my website, affirmation-addict.com. Until next time, I'm sending you so much love and so much healing energy. 